0: Everyone and welcome to the Live Strong podcast and show. My name is Olivia Summer Hutcherson, and today I am here with my dear friend Sergeant Yvette. Today we are going to be talking about surviving and thriving through domestic violence. The most important word there is through. One year ago, I had the privilege of meeting Yvette at my book signing, called "The Show Must Go On." Ironically, I came to find out that October was not only Breast Cancer Awareness Month, but it was also Domestic Violence Awareness Month. As Yvette came and stood at my table, she handed me this beautiful pink sparkle pin, and I felt a connection to her immediately. She spoke to me a little bit about her journey, not only as a sergeant, but as a sister in Christ, as a mother, as a sister, as um, just a champion for the community. And I knew in that moment that we were going to keep in contact. I'm so thrilled one year later to be sitting here with her after COVID, after the protests, and after everything that has happened in our communities and even after a second diagnosis to just show that we are both the proof that we are stronger together and we have more in common than we do different. Um, Yvette, if you could just talk to us a little bit about why domestic violence is important to you and how you became to be a part of the NYPD and 26 years later, (laughs) how you are still standing strong and doing it more beautiful than ever, <laughs> <Thank> glowing. <you>. <laughs> Welcome, <laughs> thank Sergeant <you>. Yvette.
1: <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you. Um, uh, being, uh, my journey was to be a nurse. Um, I was going to nursing school and a friend of mine pulled me in was like, oh, you got to come with me. Next thing you know, I was taking the test and then I was hired and I was becoming a police officer. Um, shortly after that I had an amazing supervisor that took me into becoming a studying and becoming a sergeant and I did that I studied hard and became a sergeant um, right after 9-11 you know he passed away during 9-11 the buildings um, and after that I worked in different bureaus patrol service bureau you know housing bureau kind terrorism bureau which was very meaningful to me because um I was part of helping and um, being part of a lower Manhattan security initiative where they got all the footage of the terrorists um, in regards to gathering information with the terrorist attack which for me was very endearing because of all the people that we lost during 9-11 mm-hmm. then I worked for another three-star chief um, who um, I became a terrorism liaison um, then I went on to working as the domestic violence coordinator and that was very um, I became very passionate about that because as a young girl growing up in a very uh, neighborhood-stricken with poverty and drugs in Brooklyn um, my mom a single mom of four kids you know me being the oldest um, she was abused by her um you know stepfathers and you know boyfriend and she was a single mom with four children and you know i saw her go through a lot of abuse by the hands of um these men and she survived you know so when i became the domestic violence coordinator you know my position entailed Um, overseeing um, auditing reports that came through and reviewing cases that the police officers um, took and I had to be responsible um, for gathering and doing um, reports for my chief uh, for all the precincts that came in and reviewing cases and that's where I saw what the reporting where um, the relationships of uh, the abuse that was happening. And some abuse wasn't only physical, you know, some were um, emotional, verbally, um, financial. You know, you saw um, uh, domestic abuse, domestic violence doesn't discriminate whether you're poor or rich. Right. Um, it crosses all boundaries, you know, right. whether it be people, animals. You know, we saw some abuse come through um, animals. Um, and you know where we were at we were one of the first boroughs that actually got a conviction for an animal that was killed you know by um, its owner Um, and the person got sentenced for over two years so that was a victory for us but the uh, abuse that was coming through you know women um, children and um, men as well you know because people Think that men don't get abused, and men do get abused by, you know, women. Mm-hmm. Um, so, but what started hitting home were the younger relationships—16, mm-hmm. uh, 17, and 18-year-old—that started either committing abuse or being abused. Mm-hmm. And I said to my chief, "We have to outreach to these young kids so that they don't become career abusers mm-hmm. and make it part of their lifestyle." Career I said,
0: abusers.
1: "Yes." Um, You know, we have to try to um, advocate for them and try to get them into courses, uh, whether it be, you know, anger management, um, some type of classes um relationship how to deal with relationships. Um, you know, young girls that are getting pregnant and withholding their kids from the fathers, you know, and the fathers leading to physically abusing these young girls, you know, we have to teach them that there's a way to manage without putting your hands or uh, you know, emotionally, verbally abusing the other. Um, we got to give them relationship counseling. You know, we we have to start with the younger ones because um, they're just gonna uh, make careers at a you know domestic uh, abuse. So you know, me and my chief we uh, came up with starting to advocate. You know, uh, and outreaching and going into um, other agencies. You know, getting uh, child abuse. Uh, uh, agency involved, um, family justice centers uh, involved, um, the district attorney's office involved, oh. and um, churches involved. You mm-hmm. know, uh, getting them also to uh, be part of um, the whole advocating uh, agency, right. and and it worked. You know, how to come up with fly, fly you know, flyers because. Um, these people were becoming the voiceless victims, you know. they People don't know how to advocate for themselves sometimes, right. you know. Um, and, you know, my myself, I realized as a law enforcer, maybe 2010, you know, I was in a relationship that was abusive as well, um, you know, emotionally and to the point where I had a remove myself from it and it got physical and as a law enforcement you feel you can't you know get help or ask for help and I'm sure that there's a lot of professions that are out there and they feel the same way that you know whether they be nurses or attorneys um you know officers, that they can't get the help but that's if there's anything that I could you know say to everyone is that um no one deserves to be abused, and, you know, no one deserves, you know, to live in a life like that and be silenced and be, you know, voiceless, that, you know, it has to be report- reported. Mm-hmm. It's not a thing in the past that you can't tell, you can't say something because you're tired of telling. These are things that need to be reported. They need to right. be, you know, um Told you need to advocate for yourself.
0: One thing that I found that was extremely alarming to me um, was that the average time an abused um, person in a relationship, whether it was a male or a female, returns to their abuser is approximately seven times. And that was extremely alarming to me um, because you would think that after you've been abused and even reported the person that you wouldn't go back. And I could speak from a personal experience that it, it becomes harder and harder and harder when you are emotionally invested or you you feel like you love that person, it becomes harder and harder. But it's it's really not love at all when somebody Um, takes it to that level where they are verbally or physically abusing you. I looked into the cycle of abuse and I wanted to ask you a little bit about that. There's four cycles um, of abuse and it's the tension building, the incident happening, the reconciliation period, and then the calm, the calm before the storm. That is the cycle of abuse. And what I've found in speaking to whether it's been psychologists or pastors or even detectives because I've spoken to many is they all have the same thing to say and that is that that cycle doesn't generally get better with time and with 26 years on the job I'm just curious to hear it from your mouth do you think that it gets better or does it get worse
1: well that cycle Never changes, Mm. and that cycle is a circle, so it's never ending, it keeps going. The only time that cycle stops is when you break the cycle, when you leave. Mm. And you know, people, um, emotionally, and some people more so financially, you know, when you're a, a woman that's never worked and you're raising four children. And you rely on that man, you know, to put food on the table, clothing for your children. It's hard for you to walk away. And one of the outreaches that we did is um, having, you know, in the poverty neighborhoods, you know, some of the uh, families. Are uh, rely on human resources, right. you know, um, you know, food stamps, and that's how they, you know, they live. We actually got human resources to come to the outreach. Wow. They also have a child abuse unit, mm-hmm. and they also have resources to help you if you're trying to break out of that cycle. Well, they'll give you more resources if you need mm-hmm. to get you through that, you know, that time frame. You know, your churches, there's um, safety plans, mm-hmm. you know, and everyone that's in a, uh, an abusive situation should reach out to their um, churches because there's safety plans that we have in place. Mm-hmm. You know, um, the human resources also gets involved in our safety plan. Um, the district attorney's office will also get involved in the safety plan, along with um, your domestic violence officers. Mm-hmm. Please rely on your domestic mm-hmm. violence officers. They will absolutely make sure they have a safety plan in place for you, right. um, an outreach unit that will be dispatched for you. Mm-hmm. Um, you can break the cycle. Um, and, you know, people don't do it on the first time, they don't do it on the second time, they don't do it on the third time. Mm-hmm. But when your time comes to do it, you can break away. Right. It's just having the the urge, the strength to say, I don't have to live this life anymore, and you don't.
0: Right. What do you think is some of the um, the long-term aftermath of what the trauma can do to not only the person abused, but the family members? I mean, you talked about growing up in a household where you had to witness abuse and God was able to turn that around and, and turn a negative into a positive in your life, and here you are being the walking, living, breathing example of, of serving others in the community, and you were able to, to turn it into a, a positive thing, but not everyone has. And what are some of the, the negative things that you've witnessed where, where that trauma has just left people um, going down a dark path, and how has that played out?
1: Um, I'm not gonna say I was a success story overnight Um, Mm -hmm. I actually that trauma you know passes on as children could pass on to your children Um, my siblings I my focus was always education and I always feel that education will open doors and opportunity for you so I got lost in education because I said the only way I'm not going to be a victim of domestic violence like my mom is if I graduate high school if I go to college yeah. because that's going to open opportunities for me and that's what I chose to do um, you know I have a brother and sisters that didn't take the same route I did um, and you know my sisters have lived um uh, abuse you know uh, domestic abuse with their partners and you know unfortunately they've chose to stay in those relationships and that's because of what they've endured and what they've lived through um, but unfortunately they've made the choice to stay in that they didn't have to but they they chose to stay in that um you know and i've been in relationships like I said that um, may have gotten to the point where verbally it got abusive financially it did end because I'm a successful you know professional and I've learned you know I've chose to study and you know go up the rank um, and I never said that I'm gonna be dependent on a man you know I'm gonna make sure I'm able to provide for myself and my children yeah you and are. I've been yeah very <laughs> successful with that and you know and I would not be able to do that without without God God first and mm-hmm. foremost you know but with that being said I chose to make sure that I worked mm-hmm. I went to work every day I chose education um, and the minute that I did see some violence whether it be verbally physically I ended it I said no that's not gonna be me I am NOT gonna be my mom Mm -hmm. you know and I put a stop to it and I walked away you know um, my first husband you know I left him I was six months pregnant you know because um, you know he thought he was gonna put his hands on me and when he did I I left everything behind you know and I started new but, um, you know, if you don't put a stop to it, you know it's going to transfer to your kids and from your kids' kids. you know, I see it with my nieces, and you know, I see it with so many families, you know i I remember going to a household, um the school court, they hadn't seen the children. I go as a sergeant, the cops get there they're like, sergeant, you need to get here." I go into the household, and they're too. Little kids, um, one kid w- that didn't go to school was seven. The other kid was one years old. Mm-hmm. You know, I speak to the kid. you know, where's your mom?" And he's like, "I don't know." So the mom had not been there in like a day and a half, and the kid did not show up for school. Oh, Unbeknownst, I'm ready to remove the kid. I'm going to remove the kid to uh, child services, and the parents come in, and the parents were both um, on drugs but they were also deaf and mute oh my God. so I had to make the decision of removing these kids for the sake of the kids yeah. you know and um, so it's tough decisions you know you have to make in a split of a second mm-hmm. you know but with um, domestic abuse you can't take that chance yeah. you know because uh we also had uh, uh responded to a job where it was a, a Triple homicide. Oh my God. You know, and that same call came in earlier, where she made a complaint that you know uh, the abuser was at the house, and you know he took her phone.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And a couple hours later, you know uh, she was dead, and two of the children. So, so this is something that you know you have to you know advocate for yourself, you know for your children. You know it. You need to speak up. You need to stop the abuse. Yeah.
0: Um, what would you say to uh, somebody who is being abused right now? If you could talk to them at home, listening, what would you say to them?
1: Well, what I would say is this: You are loved. People love you. God loves you, and you deserve more. You deserve to live your life where you deserve peace. You deserve someone to treat you like the loving person that you are. And there's help for you, you know. um, I chose not to be abused just because my mom was a, a victim of domestic violence. And, you know, you could do the same no matter what gender you are. But you are a child of God. You are Uh, love in person and please if you are um, being abused whether it be emotionally physically you don't deserve that you deserve to live your life and live your life at peace
0: absolutely that's great advice I am I'm curious because you do you do have sons and you you have a brother as well what would you say to um, to the men out there whether it be young men or, or some of the older boys who are growing up, what, what advice would you give to them if they are in relationships right now with young women? Um, at not only as a mother, but as a sergeant, you know, we said this before we started, you were born as Yvette, but sergeant has to be earned. So what would you tell them as a mama and as a sergeant?
1: Okay. Um, that's a tough one, but like <laughs> I say to my sons, and my sons know, because they kind of think um, I rule with an and fist, you know, and I try not to, um, but I, I try to tell them, treat Women treat young girls as you would want people to treat your mom. Men love their mothers, you know, and if it's not your mother, your grandmother, you do have a, a sensitivity and passion for someone, you know, whether it be your mother, your sister, your grandmother. Do unto them as you would want someone to do to that dear person you love. And when that girlfriend of yours is antagonizing you or bothering you or wants to go through your cell phone, these are all relationship Mm -hmm. issues that will drive a a man crazy or woman crazy. Walk away, go for a walk, take a breather. Mm -hmm. You know, these are things that if we step out of the box and we just take that walk or we breathe, you know, mm-hmm. take yourself out of that element, you will get past it. It's never worth putting your hands on anyone. And, you know, speak to someone, call someone, you know, call that, that, that bro of yours, your, your mm-hmm. friend, your homeboy, you know, that person that you can talk to, they're going to let you know, listen, everything's going to be okay. You know, I tell my sons that all the time. There's always someone out there that you can reach out to. Yeah. You know, she's going to, she or he, they're going to get over it. It's just a feeling. We all get over it because we women could drive a man crazy. A man could drive <laughs> a woman crazy, you know. That's but, for sure. But, you know, we definitely, it's never worth putting your hands on someone.
0: Mm-hmm. What would you tell your younger self? Huh? if you knew If you knew then what you know now.
1: What would I tell my younger self? I would just say I'm happy and blessed with the life I've lived mm. Um my younger self I probably would have said read the Bible more mm. I think that's what I would have said you know scripture has a way of um, keeping you in the right path not mm. second-guessing yourself yeah you know, and I think that's what I would have uh, said to myself. You know, I second-guess myself sometimes, and sometimes that's not good. Yeah. But um, let your nose be no's and your yes be yes. Amen. Amen.
0: Um, I'm curious, you know, obviously I I know you, and you, you stir me up with sending me scriptures. Um, how challenging is it to actually walk out your faith with the way things have been this year as an officer, <laughs> as a sergeant, and, and what does that look like in, in our country, in New York City, in a male-dominated community, and specifically with what we're talking about. I mean, I can't even imagine that last, um, that last home you told me about where you get a phone call and you think you're going there to help somebody, and then it winds up that they're, they're dead. It's, it's hard to even say it. And you walk in, and here you are, um, not only a sergeant, but, but a woman of faith. How hard is it to hold on to that faith when you are just surrounded by darkness?
1: It's tough because you have to make decisions that you don't want to make, and you know you never want to take someone's kids away. Mm. You just absolutely don't ever want to do that. And you don't want to take those kids away and put them in child services, because at the end of the day, they want to be with their parents. Mm. Um, so it's a tough decision that's put on us, um, but you have to make those decisions,
0: yeah.
1: whether they're right or wrong, you have to make them, and you're making the best decision. You know, based on what you have on, on hand, um, not based on your faith, but based on what you have on hand, mm-hmm. on the best for the child. Right. Um, um, as far as the my faith, you know, um, I try to keep my faith, you know, in check. You know, it's what guides me. Um, I gotta be respectful of other people's faith. You know, with that being said, um, but. God has led me, you know, and protected me, you know, during this tough time. And, you know, I'm thankful for that. I've been blessed, you know, because it's been very trying. Um, But I just get up every day. I say my prayers. I thank God. And, you know, God uses me as a tool, you know, as a guider, as a protector for the young cops on this job. Mm -hmm. And when speaking with the community, you know, sometimes, you know, the community... Um, can be difficult and Mm -hmm. sometimes they can be inviting and sometimes they want to be heard as well so you know we as law enforcement have to give them the platform to be heard Um, we as law enforcement have to work with them as well you Mm -hmm. know so we have to find a happy medium you know because at the end of the day we can not get the job done by ourselves Mm -hmm. you know we gotta work together but you know the community has to also understand That you know they have to work with us as well, you know. So it's a tough, trying time, you know. To the younger community, you know, I would have to say that, um, you know, we're here to, you know, make your life, you know, just as easy, and for you to be just as successful. And you know, at the end of the day, you know, we want you to comply, and you know, we understand that you want to be heard as well you know and everybody wants to go home you know I'm just as human as you are I have a life just the same way you do I go through the same struggles you go through as well you know I have the same highs and the same lows. Mm
0: -hmm. is there one scripture in particular that you really hang on to uh, that helps you if you had to choose one
1: (laughs) um I remember as a young girl um, and I'm gonna make a reference to footprints Mm -hmm. Um, And that's something as a young girl when I had, you know, I remember always having it on my wall. I actually have it in my room and on a cross. And um, during those difficult times when we go through in life, um, during our trials and tribulations where we only see one set of footprints Mm -hmm. and you question God, where are you? And that is the time when God is carrying you, when you only see those one set of footprints. I truly believe that. That during my difficult times, you know, uh, and I've had some loss, that when there was only one set of footprints, it was God carrying me, and he has carried me through a lot. Um, The other scripture that I tend to live by is, um, you know, with God, all things is possible, you know, Matthew um, 19. Um, And I'm a true believer of that. With God, all things are possible. And I drill it to my sons over and over (laughs) and over over again.
0: I love that. Wow. Yvette, Sergeant Yvette, (laughs) you have just like drop some gems I'm I'm speechless and that's a rare moment for me <laughs> um, I would like to read a poem to you today if that's okay that's
1: great I just um, want to thank you for yes. everything that you've done for us and oh I gosh. greatly appreciate your inspiration yeah. and um, I'm, I'm blessed to you know be in your life in your company and um, the platform that you have that you have is huge and you as well have been a pillar for me during these trying trying times with you know riots and protests and just trying to keep the peace and the harmony and I can't thank you enough for that so Excellent. you know there's been times where I remember one Saturday clearly where the riots were unbelievable you know RP police cars being burned and the community in a uproar and as I was putting on my uniform, I said, you know, I can't believe I'm putting on my uniform and I don't know if I'm going to get killed while I'm going out to work. And I remember calling you and you prayed with me. And I can't thank you enough for that because mm-hmm. that actually got me through. I came home that day, but it was good. <laughs> so I'm I thank you for everything.
0: Oh, love you. <laughs> and as I open this, I still have a <laughs> breast cancer <laughs> This is patch. my breast cancer patch from the NYPD. I am... Um, oh, there they go. <laughs> uh, I have all my little treasures um, from you yes. and all my safety places, so I love you. <laughs> um, this is called "Heal Me." And um, it goes like this: Falling out of a toxic relationship for the 99th time, what's important is that you stand <clears> 100. <throat> I can feel it creeping in. There I go, I'm numb again. Spacing out between the lines, for seven months I've said, I'm fine. Ironically, that's the same number of times that women return to their partners in crime, of abuse to the body and feminine divine. Then I wonder why I can't unwind Nights are long and mornings aren't mine. I'm a slave to the flashbacks that run through my mind. Doctors diagnosed me and told me to count my time, but no weapon formed against me shall prosper is still my favorite line. Isaiah 54:17 always allows me a safe space to find a moment of peace. A moment to breathe a moment of release so I breathe and I breathe I apply oil and light candles and try to forget your face I turn on pink light crystals and undo every trace I remember to forget you I wash myself in the word I pray I talk to God I know My cry he heard, if this is what they call healing, it is harder than I thought. It is not over the counter, it cannot be store-bought. When I finally walk away from everything hurting me, I will learn to press repeat. No, you will not win, defeat. And yes, my lip bleeds. And yes, my face hurts. And yes, the bruises fade, but the roots are way worse of what you planted inside, but I won't water that anymore because I am still God's daughter and He has far more in store. Amen. 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 The show must go on. Amen. I love you. I love you. I am so grateful for this podcast. I think this is the best one.
1: <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, and that No Weapon Should Prosper is with everything in life.
0: Yeah.
1: No weapon should prosper. And that was exactly what you said to me that Saturday morning as I was going out to that riot. Mm-hmm. And you are a weapon of strength. Mm-hmm. So I thank you and keep being that weapon of strength.
0: Thank you. You. I, love I love you, you. <laughs> <laughs> thank you guys so much for watching again this is the live strong podcast we can't even speak <laughs> um and you can follow us over at uh www.olivialivestrong.com that is liv also on instagram at olivia dance one we will see you later this month for a breast cancer awareness podcast we're doing two this month but tune in and we'll see you soon bye, bye.